Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share the void with someone else who might also be wanting to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach, and just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So if you see somebody asking questions about starting their own service-based company, please do us a favor and drop them a link to the show. I am your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David Hilton. Mitch. David. Dude, so Sunday? Yeah, Sunday. Today's Tuesday. I went out into the woods and put my new salt blocks out. Uh, kills an entire area where I'm putting a food plot in yep. for bow hunting. Put so much off on me. I mean, it was like I stunk for two hours. Right. I have more chigger bites than I've ever had in my entire life. Was it with deep? Yeah. Man. Dude, it's awful. They're everywhere. I mean, everywhere. Like in the crack, on my balls, I mean, on my waistline, on my, they're every, I, it's, I almost couldn't sleep last night. Uh, it's so bad. I you mean, know, I was, you should see if your wife can like put some lotion on there. We've been married. She won't touch you. A long time. She's not like, there's going to be no extracurricular just to do it. Like she's like, no, I'm not. Or like. Like the ones that I can't reach, she yeah she'll help me out. But the rest I'm on my own. She can be like, yeah, suit yourself. Yeah, uh, you're the idiot, and I quote, "You're the idiot that went into the woods in the middle of the summertime." I'm like okay, you know what? Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, uh, it was brutal. It's br- it's gonna be another two days probably. Yeah. Oh, bummer. It's bad, dude. Yeah, see, it's I, bad. I just got back from Cancun for a week. Not a single chigger bite. I'll, I'll take the Cancun over the woods. I can't tell if I'm jealous or I want to punch you. <laughs> like, Both. I'm having mixed emotions about Both. you right now. Like, do I do I punch him as hard as I can, or do I just? Yeah, I wish I wasn't Cancun. Yeah, Ugh. it was nice. Must be tough, dude. Must be tough being all successful and stuff. Shoot. The rest of us are tromping through the woods. We booked this vacation before we started our company. I don't care. This vacation was booked two and a half years ago. Your excuses mean nothing to me. Yeah. Excuse. Literally nothing. Nothing. No, I'm glad you guys went. I wish I could have gone. So. Mitch and I have been friends so long. We used to, like... We used to go skiing and do all kinds of fun stuff. He's never invited me to do anything. You know what's like happening the last, on the next ski trip per my own son. Ten years he hasn't called me and been like, hey, you guys, you want to get a, like go on a trip or so, have a beer? And then I look at his Facebook post and it's like all his new buddies and then all his rich friends. Rich. They're all going to camp oh, they're and rich. having a good time. <laughs> yeah. I'm just fucking bottom shit picker on the list. Yeah. Cancun just screams rich. No, it, it screams this isn't cheap, Outer Banks. It screams cheap Mexican vacation, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. So it's always fun to go to Mexico. Per my 10-year-old, he was like, Dad, the last time we went skiing, or two times ago we went skiing, we went by ourselves. The last time we went with mom's dad and stepmom. Oh, you guys had fun on that. Yeah, we did. Yeah. He was like, I think it's time we go with Dave. Oh, yeah. So, I can be a great per, influence on children. Per grand, you're going on the next ski trip with us. Yes. So tell Janine to start exercising and get those knees ready because oh, the, the bumps and the moguls are calling. Get those knees ready. <laughs> That's the hardest part about skiing when you haven't been for a few years. Your I knees fucking talking, hurt. I wasn't talking about skiing, dude. <laughs> oh, jeez. Over his head. Oh, oh. My buddy Mitch. I didn't say put her hair in a ponytail. And, I just uh, said get those knees ready. What'd you get your wife for Christmas? Uh, scrunchie and some breathe right strips. <laughs> God. <laughs> we digress quickly. Uh, well, we're in the second show. Yeah. The second show is a little looser than the first show. Well, we've had more beer by the second show. I've only had two. Yeah, but how many did you have on the drive over? I didn't have any today. <laughs> 
on the drive. It, on the drive. <laughs> I had one. I had one when I got home, and that was it. It was so hot. Like, so we when went, it's, when we it's went hot, from not dude, having any to having one. You said on the drive. Our story's changing. You said on the drive. All right. I had one when I got home, and then I took a shower and I came over here. But it was so hot. Like when it's this hot, like it takes. A, you can't. I had to have like. I had that beer and I had like four waters. Four waters. I was like, right. man, I, I'm going to be in trouble. You need it. I'm going to be in trouble. You Ugh. need it. So hot. All right, so <sighs> Dave's running this one. What are we talking about today? I'm I'm not running it. I just want to talk about some stuff that's been irritating me lately. Yeah. I see a lot of people uh, miss. I shouldn't say misrepresenting themselves. They're using, what's a good way to say it? They're putting more time and money into things that aren't important than they they should be. They're misprioritizing their time and their money. Right. And I don't mean like we talked about this a few weeks ago. I don't mean blowing money on something stupid or trying to keep up with the Joneses. This is one that drives me crazy and it's going to piss people off. So I'm going to just... Say at the beginning, I love dogs and animals. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never not had a dog in my life. We've always had dogs at our house. All I see on Facebook is, oh, we need more people to donate their time for shelters, or we need more money for shelters, or we need this, or the best ones are the people that are donating their time. Oh, I donate oh, four days a week, or I donate three days a week, and then I donate $100 a time. And then when they have to put dogs down, they're so emotional, and it wrecks them for two weeks. Okay? First off, they're animals. They're dogs and cats. Okay? I get it. I love animals. Okay? We can't feed homeless people in this country. Right. Okay? We have orphans that live their entire lives in the system because people won't take them in. Right. Okay, we have foster families that have seven kids living in their house. All right? We can't afford to feed those kids. I mean, all they need, they need a volunteer one day a week. Right. They need someone to work at a soup kitchen one day a month. And people are blowing their time and energy on fucking animals right. instead of actually spending their money where it needs to go first. Right. You know, when I, if someone came to me and said, hey... Oh, this is going to sound awful. Oh, we have to put these kids down because we don't have enough money to take care of them. Or we have to put these dogs down. People get more mad about having to put these dogs down right. than these kids going hungry. And right. it's fucked up. It is. And it drives me insane. And that is all I see yep. on Facebook. Literally, I don't know if it's the group of people I'm in. I mean, I can't imagine that's what it is. But it's just, it's it's 24-7. Yep. Oh, we need money for dogs. We need money for cats. We need money for this. No. Yeah. We need to feed Americans. You can, we need to take care of youth, and we're not even doing that. Yeah, you can get on a local community page, and somebody will post a picture of a dog that's running free. And you can follow that little thread that's created from that post, and you can follow the comments from it. And next thing you know, you're going to get an update. Just saw him two blocks west of that on 15th Street running east. Just saw him on Sycamore running south. And, and like, you'll... Like, you'll literally see an entire community rally around a dog that's out on, like, a joy run. Yeah. But yet, whenever you hear about, like, some low-level crime, you the comments you get are, this place is going to hell. Yeah. Or, somebody should do something about that. Yeah. You know what? Maybe you should do something about <laughs> right. it. Maybe you guys should start a neighborhood watch. Yeah. You know, maybe you should get off your lazy ass and set your Facebook phone down and look outside once in a while and see how your neighbors are doing. Yeah. You know, maybe the old lady down the street can't mow her yard and it's four feet tall and all you're posting on the social media is, man, I can't believe these people can't mow their yard. I can't believe that they can't take care of their place. Why doesn't the city step in and do something? Their yard looks like shit. Yeah, but you'll spend $50 chasing somebody's stupid fucking dog around. Right. You know? Right. And those people are now listen, it's not all the time. I'm not gonna say everybody, but they're either too irresponsible and the dog got away, or, or I mean maybe the kid let the dog out. Okay, I'm not right. gonna say it's all the time, but I mean most of the time it's because people are irresponsible yeah. with their pets and they're just all this all this him hawing around about 
oh, we need to do this and we need to do that. And I think this should be done and yeah, do it. So real life story along those lines. Um, and we didn't talk about this show beforehand. No. I thought for sure Mitch does a wagon Wednesdays, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he's doing his little part. And I thought he was maybe going to be mad. No, no, no. Stop at me. No, we. So yeah, we help. We help get those dogs adopted. That shelter typically runs anywhere from like six to twelve dogs at a time. Um, they don't have a facility. They're not really even a shelter. Like all of their dogs are in foster homes somewhere. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, they they don't have a high. I mean, they've got a couple of dogs that are older or maybe uglier. I hate to say that, but it's true. That that yeah. spend some time there. Yeah. But most of their dogs are in and out in a couple of days or weeks. Yeah, and so. those people will literally spend. One of those people will spend two thousand dollars holding on to that dog until and, somebody and, comes and adopts it for hundred and forty-seven bucks, or or keeps that dog. Yep. And literally, and I'm not. This is awful to say. You could have that dog put down humanely and spend that $2,000 feeding little children yeah. that have no home instead. You and could, I'm not saying to go kill dogs. I'm you just could saying, open your home to foster kids and the government will pay you. Yeah. And listen, I'm not trying to be hypocritical. I don't have any foster kids. No, right. Like, you know what I mean? Right. But I'm just saying there, there are people with means to do so that aren't doing so. And they're they're just misprocuring funds. Yep. Well, and it just it drives me insane. And man. that's half the problem is you'll get somebody else who doesn't have foster kids, or maybe even they do, and they try to totally negate your argument or your viewpoint at all because you don't have foster kids. Yeah. And you shouldn't have to to be able to spot a problem or identify a problem. Um, where we see this in real life. Um, yesterday was August first on the first business day of every month. We do our community involvement program. We do our uh, episode seven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going. Yeah. Um, uh, where we find people in the community with necessary plumbing needs and no way to afford them, and we go in and do those plumbing repairs. Well, we have one customer that we're working with right now. It was really confusing as to even what they needed. Uh, the city has condemned their house, and they won't be able – so in part of condemning the house, their water has been turned off, and their gas has been turned off, and their electrical has been turned off. And we can't do anything with the electrical, but we can do stuff with the water and the gas. Yeah, red tag, baby. And so um, part of what they need is um, they need their plumbing-inspected gas and water uh, and pressure tested before the city will turn everything back on. Well, what caused this whole condemnation of their house was they had a large shed in the backyard that s- somehow it caught on fire. Not even my place to say if it was like arson. I, I don't know. But um, somehow it caught on fire, and they never did anything with it. And so the city has been hounding them for quite some time, that this is a hazard and you need to demolish the shed. Well, they didn't and they didn't and they didn't and they didn't. And so now the city has condemned every structure on the property, including their home that they live in, because there's a, a shed in the backyard that is a danger, right? These people are spending more. So in like 10 days, they go to court for this whole thing. You don't show up at you're, – you're not 10 days away from court without having significant opportunity to not, correct something. 90 days probably at minimum. At minimum, right? And so uh, they've spent two different phone calls with us. Both phone calls lasted over 30 minutes where they wanted to spend more time griping about this position that they're in acting like it's the city's fault and they shouldn't be here and what should we do and all of this stuff rather than tear the fucking building tear down. the barn down right and so move on with your life we didn't really know what we were getting into we went by there and found out that the plumbing is actually fine the gas is actually fine they're just going to require a plumber inspect it before they turn it all on but they're not going to do anything until the, the shed gets torn down and so now somebody else 
we don't even know who this person is, but somebody else is like apparently chipping in and they're, there's, they, they were given a quote of like $5,000 to like demolish and haul off this shed and all of this stuff. How big is this shed? I don't know. But maybe just it's, it's one of it's one of my other fire and just let that thing go to the <laughs> ground, right? It's one of my other plumbers that was out there. But my other plumber that was out there, he met with the owner of the home, and then the owner of the home's son is there, and the owner of the home's son is in their later teens, early twenties, very physically capable person. And the whole time you're wondering, like, what the fuck is this kid doing? Like yeah. you're you're relying on the the graciousness of our program to help you with the plumbing, and you're relying on this other person that's willing to chip in and help pay for the shed to get demolished. When literally you have an able-bodied young man, you have an able-bodied <laughs> young man, and you could literally call in like a roll-off dumpster and have him just go cut this freaking shed up and throw everything in the dumpster and be done with it. You could have been done with it months for ago for two hundred fifty bucks. I mean. I think yeah. a dumpster's two hundred fifty bucks. Uh, yeah, uh, two hundred and fifty to five hundred bucks, and let's say it takes two or three dumpsters, right? For fifteen hundred dollars, worst case scenario, it's over. It's over. Yeah, but no, it's going to be we're like we're getting in on the tail end of this. Yeah, they they've just now heard about our program, and they're wanting us to use our program to run their inspections for their water and their gas. And they were acting like we might be able to do something today to get their water and their gas back on today. And we kept telling them, like, no, the city won't do anything until you tear the shed down. Like, why are you ignoring the ele- – it's not even an elephant in the room. It's the obvious thing in the room. Like, the city's flat out said, until the unsafe structure is removed from the property, none of this other stuff can happen. Yeah, that, and that's what we're talking about. They're misprioritizing yeah. their strategy. I right? can't imagine how much time they have spent – like finding people to do this for free, like they could have torn this barn down ten times over. Yeah, trying like to even find if they people. went out and took down two boards at a time, right? Two studs at a time, right? Like every day, go out, go out there and take down three a day, right? And in ninety days, you'd be amazed at what you could do, right? Right? It's just unbelievable. And this is what I'm talking about. It drives me insane how people just. <clears throat> I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just the demise of society or what or or laziness or the lack of per, it's probably the lack of personal responsibility. It's it's everything revolves around the lack of personal like personal responsibility is the undisputed champion of success. Like yeah. Like the, you you will not be successful in the slightest unless you have personal you could win the lottery. I mean, here we are, fresh off of what the billion-dollar lottery winning. Man, yeah, I didn't win. So I was sad. Like, if that if the winner of that lottery does not exude some form of personal responsibility, it will be one of the most unsuccessful things ever. How many how many times do you hear about those stories about people win the lottery and they're broke like five years later because they just go out and spend? First off, the first thing you do is you go to Edward Jones or Fidelity or somewhere and talk with four or five advisors and say, what do I do here? Right. Because you're not smart enough to do it, to figure it out. No. I mean, let's let's be honest. 80% of the population is going to burn away at least half of it before they figure out what's going on. Yeah. You know what I so, mean? I mean, all you have to do is go and talk to someone. And and a lot of people think they have the concept of what to do with it. Look, I've I've managed that's a lot of money. I know. I've managed plumbing departments that were doing like 8 million dollars a year in revenue. And here I am managing the revenue and managing the expenses and managing the labor costs and managing the vehicle repairs and everything. I go in a 10 million dollar lottery. I'm asking people what to do with it. Oh yeah. Like like, and I'm familiar with, you know, a lot of people that win these lotteries, like they've never made more than 50 or 60 grand in their life yeah. in a year. Yeah. And, and here I've managed $8 million departments and I'm still going to talk to experts about what to yeah. do with it because, don't, yeah. <clears throat> people think that people have this false, I don't know if it's a pride thing or not. I, I'd say it's probably a pride thing. They have this false sense of reality that they're smarter than they actually are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the first thing I would – Mitch knows me very well. I know what I'm doing. The first thing I would do is call an advisor and say, hey, yeah, 
we have to sit down and talk about. And I, and, and, and if, if, even if I didn't like what that dude had to say, I'd call another one. Yeah. You and, know what I mean? And you have to be able to say, okay, I may not know what to do here, but I can look around and find someone that does know what to do. Right. Right. You, uh, so I, I recently saw a quote somewhere. Um, I think it was a Floyd Mayweather. It was a quote from Floyd Mayweather where um, he was he was talking about he was trying to put himself in circles of friends where he would hold those friends account. Like he was trying to put himself in circles of friends that were more successful than he was. And he would hold those friends accountable to the standard that he wouldn't allow them in his circle unless they were willing to help elevate him. And I really admire that. Like, for instance, he would not um, – if if they wanted to play rich and play more successful than him but not give them any – give him any of their wisdom for how they got there, he didn't want to hang out with them. He only wanted to hang out with people that were, like, helping him out, right? Yeah. That's, that's kind of like the Patrick Mahomes when he first got paid. Like, all his original friends that he was friends with, they still split checks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And like everyone still had their personal responsibility. Now, right. I, listen, if if I had Mahomes' money, I I mean I would still take like like if we went on a trip, I'd be like Mitch, I'm gonna pay for this trip. We're gonna go. But well, you still have to be able to have that personal accountability. Yeah. With everyone when you're successful, and if you have a windfall or your business is doing great, you still have to be able to set your pride aside and your hey, I'm bigger, I'm richer than everyone else, and say hey. I'm going to need help in this area. I need to be aware of what's going on all the time around me. Right, right. And and that's the, you know, that's kind of the mantra there. So, like, if you, like, on the lottery thing, if you won the lottery, you should be able to go to your closest friends and ask them, hey, do you know any financial advisors? Hey, do you know anybody I can go talk to about this? That you trust. Right. Yeah. So, like, if, if I won. You would be one of the first I would go to. Hey, you know a lot of financial people. Do you know of anybody that can help with lottery stuff? Yeah. Right? I'd say, hey, I'd go talk to this guy, this guy, and this guy. And if they don't know, they're going to give you advice of who to go to. Right. And if, if, and if your friends are the type that are going to be like, yeah, maybe, but before we even do that, like, let's go on vacation. Hey, dude, that's you're not pay, the right friend. You gonna you gonna pay off my house? Right. Like that'd be my second question. I'd be like, look, no. dude, this is what I do. <laughs> hey, man, if you could that'd find it in your heart question. to pay off my house, I would. That would be really great. The <laughs> question number two, question number three. If you could then pay for Layla's college, that would. I would love that too. I would love that <laughs> as well. But no, these are the guys you need to call. Right. You know, and it's just, and I think that 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 might be a lot of people's problem when it comes to dealing with success or not being successful or like I even see it on jobs you know um, a guy will get a heating and cooling guy will get a job and it's a really big house and he's only used to doing small houses and he'll just say I can do it and then he puts duck work in the house and it don't work worth a shit mm -hmm. and what he should have done is said hey man could you come look at this house with me yeah. and get my you know there's there's something about, and I don't know, like, I have no problem with that. Yep. If, if I don't, if I don't know, um, I'll use this as a personal example. I haven't asked Mitch this yet. Um, between my septic tanks, I have a separate laundry lateral in my yard and I've been thinking about putting in a pool. Okay. I don't know what to do with it. Okay. I'm a pretty smart guy. I'm going to have Mitch come over and say, Hey dude, what do you think? Right. You know? Right. I don't have a problem doing stuff like that, but a lot of people do. I don't know where the root of that comes from. Like Mitch doesn't have a problem with that. When he started it's, his business, he would ask my opinion about, you know, we'd go have beers and he'd say, hey, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And, yeah, you know, I gathered, like he didn't care. He I didn't gathered, care what I, you know, if I thought he was weak for having to ask, God, no. you know, what to do. No. Before he I started like, my business, I need I, my information. I got to yeah. figure out what I'm doing here. I gathered all of my business owner friends together and, and had conversations with all of them about, you know, what should I do? What should I look out for? What should I, you know, dive hard, you know, hard in on? What, what are my fears that, that are false? Like, what am I afraid of that's not really actually something I should be afraid and of? We talk about that in episode one. Yeah. Like, what, 
you know, the fear that you don't know how to get a business license and it's yeah. this giant ordeal. It takes five minutes. Yeah. You I know? got, uh, I got a, a friend of mine right now who's at a crossroads in life where he's kind of plateaued and he wants more for himself and he's battling the fears of change, right? Mm-hmm. And so he really wants to do self-employed stuff, but he's kind of far away from that in as far as his courage goes. Yeah. And I said, dude, for right now, change jobs. Like, you've been at your job forever. Go change jobs. Go work for somewhere else. Get a raise along the way. Yeah, fresh scene. Fresh scene. Prove to yourself that you can be successful in a completely new environment, and that will probably give you the courage to then go start your own company. If you can go land a new job somewhere else, completely new environment, and you can be successful, then now go completely change the environment again and go from there. But, like, to me, that says he's a really good friend because he's willing to ask that kind of stuff, right? Like you, your well, circle he's of, humble, right? Yeah, your your circle of friends should be that to where it's like, hey, how do you do this? And and it does like there's no shame, right? Like maybe it's hey, how do I change my own oil? Like, yeah, there there shouldn't be like there should be no shame in the level of question that you're willing to ask your friends. Let me ask you a question: Why do you think that people have trouble with that? Do you think that that's more of a um, guy thing? No, no, it's guys and girls both. It's a pride thing. Is it, you it's, think it's a pride thing? Social media has made it so easy to judge people on everything that you have... Do you think it's a newer generation thing then? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a more current generation than what it used to be. Um, you have, uh, you, you know, you have that's, moms. That's weird because... I'm going to let you finish. Sorry, but it's it's weird because when I think of... The new generation, I think of them as being softer. And we've talked about this before. Maybe that's just a generation to generation to generation thing. But I, I know it's true because now you can't bully people. Now you can't do this. Well, when we were kids, you got bullied. That was just how it was. Yeah, it or you got matter. punched in the face. You, got punched in the, you know what I mean? And and so I don't, I don't know if I buy the fact that there's more. I would think that when we were growing up, there was more pride. You know, you were more proud. You had to be tougher or you were going to get bullied. And, yeah. I, you know, uh, like, you know, I'm sure like when my dad was growing up, you know, there were fist fights and no one got suspended. Right. You right. know, and then we got suspended for two days. And now p- kids get suspended for six months. Right. If they're in a fight. So I don't think the kids are tougher. Yeah. No, the system's gotten a little bit more aggressive with their punishments. But what it is before you had fear of the unknown. Well, now with the digital and information, the digital A and A day and age, and the information day and age that's out there, now you have fear of the known. Oh, right? that's a good point. It's it's like what we were talking about, like the 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 fear of like fentanyl laced drugs in Mexico, right? Like, yeah, I made fun of Mitch for not getting the, taking the free cocaine, and he was like, he was like, yeah, yeah. I said, you know what, you got a good point. I don't that fentanyl, and he was like, dude, are you think you think that's real? Right, really like real? I said, I mean. I don't know, but it makes me second would make me second guess anything. Right, like you take you take the number of people using the number of Americans using drugs in Mexico versus the number of Americans using drugs here in America, and you take the number of fentanyl related issues in in perspective to those people in Mexico versus in America. I'm willing to bet that there's a higher percentage of fentanyl related issues here in America than in Mexico. Yeah, you're probably right. But like. That's the thing, right? If you're a drug user and you're going into Mexico, everyone's like, oh, I don't know. I got to watch out for that stuff that's laced because someone somewhere has mentioned something. And that's a story that gets told over and over and over and over and over or shared over and over and over. Yeah. Whereas in, you know, in the 50s and 60s or heck, even in the 90s and early 2000s before social media, um, all of that was that that word couldn't travel. And so I, I don't think it was any different. You just didn't know as much about it. But you've got people today, you've got moms that are afraid to wear a bikini at a beach because they have a mom bod. And they will literally live their entire life sheltered from wearing that bikini. And by the time they finally get the courage to put the bikini on, they won't have the strength to make it to the beach. They'll be so old that they won't have the strength to make it to travel. Do you know what yeah. I mean? We, you know, we talk about that a lot. That 
has to do with, you know, caring what other, being too worried about what other people think of you. Yeah. Right. Well, and it, it, some of it's worried about what other people think of you, but society has a really good way of transitioning that out and plugging it into worrying about what you think of you. Right. Like, you know, here, I was just in Mexico, right? We're on a beach. I'm never going to see any of these people ever again. I could have worn a freaking banana sling for all I wanted and like for all I cared. And it wouldn't have made any difference because I'm never going to see these people ever again. But that wouldn't have stopped me from wearing it. What would have stopped me from wearing it was my own thoughts about myself. Like, dude, I look like shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a man, small I'm, sling. Man, I'm, <laughs> man, I'm like <laughs> Mitchell L. D. Smedley. But, but, <laughs> I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Is like it's it's not what other people might think. It's what you might think of yourself. Yeah. So uh, this this other friend of mine, you know, he's he's you hear these folklore stories about somebody started a business and they went under, went under, or it cost them everything or whatever the case may be. I don't know a single person that's gone bankrupt starting a business. Now, some of that could be the, the family or the friends in the circle that I'm in. I, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It absolutely does indeed happen. However, not at the level that a lot of people are starting businesses. Well, and it, that's why we have this show. When you – we teach people if you're not ready to start your business or if you're not ready to give 100% the entire time, you're not going to make it. Right. Okay? But if you are going to start your business and you do give it 100%, you will make it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of course, there are 10% outliers. Okay? Not even 10 I just mean strange things happen. Yeah. You know, you can't, but if you give a hundred percent, you're still going to have a 90, that's a 90% success rate. Right. If, if I give you 10%. Right. And Mitch right. thinks that maybe, maybe it's 5%. So, yeah. so if you give a hundred percent, you have a 95% chance of making it and doing well. And what's the worst case scenario? It closes. It closes and you go back to doing the job that you did before you open the business. And listen, if you follow our steps, in one, episode one through nine, you will not go bankrupt because we tell you, do not burn all your savings. Do not put your house up. HELOC's different. We yep. go through all it. Okay, so if it does go under, you're just back to where you were. Yeah. You're not You're not at the pits of hell, you know, with with nothing. You're not homeless. You're not living in a you, box under You're not over leveraged. Yeah. You're not over leveraged. That's a good way to say it. Right. It's not like you've started this business and you're now you know, $600,000 in debt and you have no way to, to pay it or figure all that out. Like, no, that's, that's no, that's not the case at all. We've broke that all down. If you go through those steps, I mean, this is a beyond the void episode, but yeah. it, it's kind of more of a turning into a business show. But if you, if you follow those steps, like we talk about, right. You're prepared for success. You're not prepared for failure. Right. People think that no matter what they do, Everything's stacked against them. Yeah. No, if you take the steps, everything's not stacked against you. You're stacked for success at that point. To, All you have to do is follow through with it. To parallel it to the topic that you started the show with, if you spent as much time – if you're a person that's going to work every day and hating your job, if you literally took every second of the day that you thought about hating your job and you channeled that same time – into the thought and the energy and the creativity that it takes to start a new path, whether that's a different job somewhere else or whether that's starting your own company or whatever the case may be, which one do you think is going to yield the better results, right? Hating your job is not going to produce anything. It might get you fired because it's going to get you worked up emotionally and you're going to say or do something that's going to get you fired. But pushing that emotion down and focusing that exact same, like let's say you were going to spend 10 or 15 minutes mulling around how much you hate your boss or how much you hate your schedule or how much you hate your pay or whatever the case may yeah, be. Or you skate out early an hour every day. Right. So you, you take that same time and you focus it in on 
putting a pen to paper and writing down ideas for what you can do to get a new job or start a new company or start your own business or whatever the case may be, you're going to come up with something. The, the human brain is amazing at coming up with ideas. I yeah. mean, flat, amazing. We can literally do anything we put our mind to as long as we give ourselves enough time to do it. Yeah, and I think we, you know, we push this is a show based on starting your own service-based company and making it successful. We probably should spend a little bit more time about talking about you People that don't want to start their own business, but they need a change of job. Yeah. These, what Mitch was just saying, you sit down and write down what you love and what you want to do. Maybe it's not your job. Maybe it's your career yeah. or that line of work. Maybe you really want to be doing something else. And on a fear level, it's the same as those that want to start their own company. Maybe you need to just be writing down, hey, I really like to do X, right. and I really like to do Y, and I really like to do Z. What can I do? And then write down underneath those, what can I do to make that a career right. or make something close to that a career? So this this buddy of mine, his particular – I don't want to go into it too far, but his particular job uh, – well, Come on. Let's talk about it. He could – so he's driving 40 to 45 minutes each way to his job. He is one of the most, he's not the most advanced person at his job, but he's one of the most. Let's say top three. He is watching some turnover happen at his job, and he's watching people come in off the street and get paid more than people that have been there for 10 or 15 years. Um, it's the economy we're in right now. Right. Hiring bonuses instead of retention bonuses, right? Yeah. And so... It's totally possible for him to do his job literally 10 or 12 minutes from his house at a different place. Oh, okay. And so, you know, I talked to him. I'm like, what would you do with an extra hour every day? You don't even have to tell me. Just think about it. What would you do with an extra hour? If you could work one hour less every day, would you consider that an improvement on your life? You're asking him or you're asking me? I'm asking anybody. Open-ended question. Right? Like, think about it. If you could shave off an hour of your working Man. time every day, Whew. whether that's whether you take that hour and you spend it for yourself, you spend it with your spouse, you spend it with your family, your kids, yeah. you spend it on the lake fishing, mm. you spend it sleeping. Don't like, get me started about fishing. I haven't been going fishing a lot. Right? Ugh. So, like, literally taking up a job that is 30 minutes closer to your house, that's an hour. Every day. Every single day. So there's a pay raise. That's five hours a week. Yeah. There's a pay raise right there. Yeah. Okay. Not to mention time, time, and fuel, gas. gas, wear and tear on the car, everything else, right? So then. So is he afraid? Yeah. I'll let you finish. Uh, he's ahead. afraid of change. Yeah. Go ahead. And so, so then on top of that, you look at the opportunity of saying, look, I'm a top three performer over here. What are you going to offer me? And then on top of getting an hour of your life back every day, now you can get more money. Yeah. So now your income increases and you have five hours a week back in your life. You could double down on those five hours and reinvest them right back into work and make your income increase even more, right? If that's just part of your routine, if your routine is I leave the house at 6 and I come home at 5, and and from 6 a.m. to 5 p.m., that's I'm I'm at work, right? Well, if you can trade drive time for on the clock time, why wouldn't you do that, right? Now you're making more money. So or or you can literally say no, I'd rather spend time with my family, and yeah. I'm going to spend that yeah. with my you know wife and kids or whatever. Or if you have a say, you have a side hustle that you like to do or would like to do, n not necessarily because it makes you a ton of money, because but because you like doing it. Yeah. That's an hour every day. You could just work on that a little bit, and if that turned into something, you yeah. know, down the road, you know, it's hard for people, especially in this day and age, I think, to realize <clears throat> an hour is a lot of time, especially when it comes to free time. Yeah, you know, the real what people like to do is they say they get home an hour early one day. I I do this. I get home an hour early one day, and I think, man, I'm going to take this hour. I'm tired. I'm wore out. I'm going to sit here. But why do people do that? 
because they either want to watch TV, they want to be on the internet, they want to be on social media. Right. You know, if you can convince yourself that I can take this hour and do something real with it, and I'm not saying go work out for 45 minutes, and I'm not saying work for an hour when you get home, but be pronounced with that time. Yeah. Make it benefit you. You know, and people have a hard time doing that. Yeah. I don't know if it's just the lazy age we're in now. I'm not, you know, because sometimes I'll get home and I'll think, man, I got an hour. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take advantage of my time. Sometimes I get home and I'm like, man, screw it. So one of the challenges that people have with that is most of the things that they would love to do if they have extra time take more than an hour. And so when they're only given an hour, they have a hard time. It's it's not enough to do the big thing they wanted to do. Yeah, and so they have a hard time like fractionalizing that out in and doing it right. I I, like, I have a huge problem. I'm gonna let finish, finish. I have a huge problem with that. Yeah, like that is a huge thing for me because my time is different and it's cut up. Yeah, you know, and Janine's time's the same way. I mean. I wish that I could just say, okay, I have this. I know Mitch does this. Yeah. But hey, I've got this forty minutes. I'm going to work on this, and then that's that's how it's going to be. And I'm not, but I'm not like that, right? You know. So how 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 do I take advantage of that short amount of time? You pen to paper. Like let's. I'm, I'm just going to use an example. Like let's say, you know, if oh, if I had the extra time, I'd paint my house, right? Like maybe it's just something that needs some somebody need like. Not me personally. Maybe that's something somebody yeah. needs to do, right? Um, and so, you know, well, if I get off work an hour early today, well, that's not enough time to paint the house, right? But it sure as hell is enough time to go to the paint store and make selections and maybe buy the product that you're going to need to do it. And then you come back home, you set it all in the garage, and now you're you're like that took an hour, you're right? Forty five minutes closer. You're an hour closer to getting your house painted, right? And mm-hmm. then. You know, an hour might be enough to paint a small section, right? So if you get another hour, you might be able to free it up. But, I mean, ultimately, it's we have a very good way of watering down the fractions of time that we're given. And we have a hard time making productive time out of the small sections because we don't know when the next hour might show up. And we don't really know what we can do with the small time. And we want that satisfaction of having it completed. Right. You know, so you didn't answer my question. That was a great example. But how do I convince myself to be okay with doing that? You Ultimately, it's just you just got to buck up the courage and do it. You just got to sack up. The, the time mm. is the one Mitch thing. is telling me to sack up. <laughs> well, <clears throat> man, my throat's dry. <clears throat> time is the one thing in the world you will never ever get back you cannot th- there is nothing you can do to get back time and i tell a rich friend of my, mine that all the time i say hey dude no matter how much money you have you cannot buy time at the end yeah when the end shows up it's that's it right and so one of the big keys between those who are successful and those who aren't is they have spent more time focusing on how to be more efficient with the exact, like they're dealing with the exact same clock we are, right? They don't get 26 hours in the day. They get 24 just like we do. But they have spent more effort and energy on maximizing the efficiency of their time versus yours. There's a lot of people who come home from work every day and they want to watch their one hour of trash TV. They want to veg out for a while. They want to, you know, do all their things, and then next thing you know, it's about time to go to bed, and they really haven't accomplished much. And it takes the courage and the discipline to be able to sit back and write down, like, okay, where am I spending my time? What am I kind of wasting my time on? What could I replace that with? Right? Yeah. And, and I think, like, like my personal problem is as I've gotten older, it's easier for me to say, hey, I'm going to take that time. Because literally, like Mitch knows me, I yep. mean, from eight, from eighteen to forty, all I have done is work. Like when I get when I got home, I just worked. Right. Worked on the house. Worked on this. Worked on it. And I I think it's easier for me now to do that. And when I hear younger people say, um, and when I say younger people, I'm going to say someone that's that's twenty nine or thirty. 
let's just for the sake of argument say they're behind me by 10 years. Right. They didn't really start being a go-getter till they're 30. It's easy for them to say, man, it's too late for me. Yeah. No, it's not too late for not you. Not at all. You can start now and don't give yourself the pity party of, hey, but you're going to be there, Dave. You're going to be there at 50 and I'm going to be not be there till 60. You know what? You're right. You pissed away those first 10, but that doesn't mean it's over. No, God okay? no. Just if, don't. If you're questioning what you can do with limited time you have left, because that's a different definition for everybody. I'm 40, and I have limited time left. Some of our listeners might be 20. You still have limited time left, right? It's not yeah. endless. Some of our listeners might be 60. But if you're questioning what you can do with that, just look up when Colonel Sanders started KFC. Oh yeah, how old he was yeah, that's when a great he, like. Well, I'm not even going to talk about it, but if you're seriously questioning it, just look it up. Yeah, and and you'll learn real quick that you can do a whole lot in a short amount of yeah. time. It's just how much focus are you willing to put in on it? I think I, I think that gets people you know trapped a lot. I think you know that goes into the mantra, especially you know when I look a lot of, and I'm not going to make this super political, but when I look at a lot of liberal people that have been Republicans or have been self-sufficient and then they get older and they realize, especially in construction and new construction, they realize they've made the mistake of either not having a good job with benefits or not setting enough aside for when they get older. Mm -hmm. Now they're in panic mode because they're, they realize they're running out of time. Mm -hmm. And so now they're looking to switch their vote to someone that will take care of them. Right. Okay. And they they want that socialism mantra, not necessarily that it's going to be socialism, but they want the government to take care of them because they didn't take care of themselves. Right. Because of, you know what? Maybe it wasn't their fault. Um, You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, Oh, well that's just your fault. Fuck you. You don't, you know, but you know, it makes them think, Oh, there's nothing I can do. Right. You can always do something. Yep. You can always go the extra mile or take the next step, especially in this country. For the same reason somebody can be a millionaire by 30, and let's just assume they didn't start working until they were 18. Yeah. 12 years they can become a millionaire. If you're 50 and you don't have a pot to piss in and you don't have shit for a savings account and all that stuff. You can still do it, man. You can literally still become a millionaire by retirement age. And let's let's say it's 55 and you're worried I'm not going to have – the million dollars to retire. Right. Say you do it in 15 and you're 70 and you lived in 90. There is plenty of time. Like I fall into this as well. I am always worried about, I'm not, I shouldn't say worried, but I'm always focused on the future. Mm -hmm. Not, and I, and I'm not one of those people that puts aside today, but I'm always looking to the future because Mitch and I have talked about this a hundred times. I'm always looking to change my family tree. Right. Like I want to be – this is a pride thing for me. I want to be the one guy that was like, okay, no. You want to be the millionaire in your family. Not, I mean not necessarily that, but I want to be the guy that people were like, okay, hey, it started here. Right. This is where the tree took off. Right. Okay. And they were smart with their money and they taught their kids to be smart with their money. And their nieces and nephews were smart with their money. You know, that drives me. Right. You know, but I still fall into that trap of, man, I'm 40 and, you know, I I look at the numbers and I'm going to have to be this age or I'm going to have to be this age. But if I want to do this, then I'm going to be, instead of being retired at 55, it's going to be 65 if I do this. Right. You know, that self-doubt always wants to creep into your mind about, I don't know if I can do it. And I have a... My wife and I have a proven track record that we're doing it, and we're on there. And I still think, oh, man, I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't yeah. know if I can do this extra part here. Or I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if that's what drives me personally or not, but I think that it hinders a lot of people. Yeah, They don't know if they can do it, and that, that self-doubt just creeps in there. And you just got to, like Mitch said, you just got to buck up. Yep. You know, you got you to gotta get after it. I mean, ultimately, it comes down to focus. And those who can focus more on things will typically end up being more successful. And and it's very easy to get distracted today with your Netflixes and your Hulus and your TikToks and your, you know, all of the different methods of ways to get distracted. Those who can power through that 
and focus on the objective will end up being successful. Yeah. So it's and in that regard, it's probably harder to be successful today than it was in the past because oh, for sure. the, the same tool that gives you literally every piece of information you need in order to become a millionaire, I'm, and I'm talking about your phone, right? Yeah. 99% of our listeners are listening to this on their phone. So uh, the same tool that gives you everything you need to become a millionaire will also give you every reason in the world why you won't if you lack focus. Because that same phone that has this podcast on it also has TikTok, also has Facebook, also has Instagram, also has you know YouTube, and all of the other things that will pull you down. So your ability to direct your time and attention and prioritize your time and attention to the things that actually matter is going to be what decides on whether you become somebody who wanted to become a millionaire or somebody who was actually a millionaire. And that's what Mitch talks about. When he says focus, you have to be able to focus on the objective and say, hey, I'm going to not do this. Right. I'm going to focus on this and I, instead. And when not I say just that. focusing on the end goal. We're focusing on – you have to be able to focus on the day to day. Yep. And, I mean, I saw Mitch – post i wasn't gonna bring this up i saw mitch post something the other day about being on his phone what yeah. were you like eight hours a day no no so or what and, and when i so what like i don't want anybody to think i'm speaking from some noble stance i am just as guilty and, and struggle oh, just as much of this with anybody else yeah it's brutal i, when I uh, saw that i was like oh my god yeah so i got back from cancun on saturday night um our flight landed at like eight and by the time i'd we got home from the airport, and then I drove out to pick up one kid that was two hours away at the farm and got home. It was midnight. And so um, um, Sunday, I got a notification, like my phone alerted me saying, like, you were on your phone eight hours and 45 minutes less this oh, last week than you were the week before. Eight hours Less said an hour and a half a day, but roughly if you're not if you're on it five or six days a week, it's a whole working day, man. Eight hours and forty five minutes, right? It's a lot so, of time, man. Um, now, why did that happen? Well, I was in Cancun, right? Like I was in, I was hanging out, I was enjoying myself, I was in pools where you wouldn't have your phone anyway, or was in the water, or the beach, yeah. or you know what, whatever. But I was also with people, and I was focusing my time and attention on those people. And literally, what's, what was funny was day one on this trip, like we're standing in the airport in Kansas City getting ready to get on the plane. And I mentioned to the guys that I'm with, I'm like, you know, I'm going to be honest, I have like a phone addiction thing. And it's going <laughs> to be kind of hard to be without my phone throughout this. I know, like I'm not – like I'm literally going into this vacation knowing I'm going to be spending a couple hours in a pool. I'm not going to be able to grab my phone. I'm going to be spending a couple hours on the beach where I'm not going to have my phone. Like – I knew there were going to be long stints of time where I wouldn't have my phone. And then you you don't realize it, but you, you get to thinking about it like, what was I really doing on my phone for those eight Nothing. hours? Mindless, useless scrolling or having conversations with people on the internet that don't matter. Yeah. And, and, and meanwhile, you're ignoring the people that are sitting right next mm -hmm. to you that do matter, right? So um, I've had a couple of instances lately where – it has really forced me to try to unplug from my phone as much as I can and focus my time and attention on those that are in my presence rather than that are, than are those through the phone. And, and I'm trying. It is a very big struggle. But um, <clears throat> I, I know for me, once I win that struggle, my success level will literally just go exponential. I mean, it'll just go vertical. Yeah. As soon as I can take that eight hours a week and channel that into productive, futuristic thought, holy shit! Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just gonna go bonkers with that. Yeah, and I I was reading an article the other day. It was it was actually before I saw that. That was just talking about. It wasn't talking about necessarily people being on their phone and Facebook and you know this and that and blah blah. But it was talking about. Um, like you were just saying face-to-face -face relationships. And I was thinking, man, you know what I miss? Like we used to, um, like on Saturday nights, Mitch and his wife, 
um, or uh, Ryan and his wife, yeah, me and Janine, sometimes Tom and Kim, and we would go, all go out and we would go eat. Yeah, and then we would go to go to somebody's house. We go to either Fox and the Hound play pool, or we'd go to someone's house, and then it was an every Saturday night thing. I mean, this is before social media, and you literally. I got to thinking, man, I miss those times. Yeah. Now, and I'm not saying that that's all because of social media and this and that. I mean, you know, you get older and you have kids and, and, and people don't do that stuff. On, but I think sometimes people, like I remember when I was younger, like my parents or your parents, like they would go out with other couples more often. Or I'd come over to your house and there'd be another couple there or two. Right. You know, and they'd just be... We have lost that sense of companionship yeah, and face-to-face face face. contact and yeah. reading people and having a good time and laughing in person. And I think that it, it – this is a little off topic from what we were talking about, but it has made us less happy. It's made us less um, engaging yeah. in our community. You know, it, as a whole, it's a lot more on topic than what you think it is, because yeah, it's, it is. it's about prioritizing your time on shit that matters versus shit that doesn't, right? Yeah, it's it's about saving the children instead of saving the dog. Yeah, it, it's about saving your marriage instead of saving uh, an argument with some stranger on social media. Yeah, right. So um, I miss that those times, man. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, what were we just talking about in between the two shows here? Oh was, yeah, going on that trip. Well, the. Well, that too, but like, um, I've started doing some certain activities with both of my sons. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so now it's like, so I, so I have some things that I do on, on certain nights of the week on Tuesday nights, we film this podcast on Wednesday nights. It's date night with my wife. And those are two like non-negotiables. They happen no matter what. Right. And so like I'm having so much fun doing these other activities with my boys where I'll be damned if it's not cases where it's like. You know, damn it, tonight's podcast night. I can't go do these things with my boys. Yeah. Or damn it, tonight's date night with my wife. I'm going to, like, <laughs> missing out time with my boys, right? But that's yeah. actually, it's kind of a cool position to be in because it, it holds you accountable to the things that really matter in life, right? So, yeah. Um, and, and all of that, it all comes down to the ability to have the discipline and the focus to carve out those times. Yeah. To be able to say, okay. No, I'm doing this. This is what I'm doing tonight. Right. And I'm not going to let something else yeah. Step in there and drag my attention away. To be able to say that Saturday nights are for the friends or Wednesday nights are for the for the wife and you know Tuesday nights are for my side hustle or you know whatever the case may be. But but having the focus to put that schedule together and then adhere to it, yeah. that's what it takes to become successful. And and that's a lot of self discipline. You know, we we've talked about this on the show before about mental health. I think a lot of that has to do with mental health too. Yeah. You know, you know, we talked about uh, technology taking away that. I, I mean, if you could, if you could spend, let's just say, you have two kids. I'm going to use Mitch as an example. If you could spend one night a week with one of them, one night a week with your wife, one night a week with the other one. I know this is more spread out than you. Mm-hmm. And then you went out once a month with your friends. I mean, the amount of people in this country that aren't doing those things yeah. is huge. Yeah. I mean, it, if you're not doing those things, and I, I'm guilty, we don't we don't do as much. Right. I mean, ours is different. You know, I take Layla to soccer one or two nights a week. Janine takes her one or two nights a week. And if we're this summer, we've been a lot better. We've had you know at least one date night a week. Now, sometimes we take Layla with us. Right. You know, no big deal. But we go out. Right. We leave the house and we converse. You know, instead of, you know, looking at our phones and stuff. And it's it's made a big difference for us. I mean, if people could could just, like you said, schedule that, prioritize that, and do those things, I mean, the amount of, I mean, how much better they would feel mentally, how yeah. much better their mental health would be, would be huge. Yeah. You know, they, we talk, we hear all this stuff about people being isolated, isolated, isolated. It's because they're not leaving their fucking house. They're not calling their friend from 15 years ago and saying, hey, dude, I ain't seen you in a while. You want to go get us some beers? Right. You want to go just have dinner for two hours right. and reconnect for a little while? Right. You know, they think, and I'm guilty of it too, you know, I'll go on Facebook and I'll say, hey, buddy, how you doing? 
Yeah. He'll say, I'm doing good. How's your family? Oh, family's good, man. How about, you know, what have you been doing? I've been going to work. And a ten, we think that that 10-minute conversation is, is doing something. Is going to do something instead of that hour-long going to get a couple of beers right. or going to a couple's dinner, and it's not. Right. We're all fooling ourselves. I'm guilty. Well, Mitch even, is guilty. Even We're, the one dinner is not doing it. It takes multiples, you know? Yeah. But, but it all starts with one. Yeah. And it all starts with setting aside the time aside to have the first one. Yeah. And I mean, we live in a society that it's, you know, we talk about this all the time too, that it's, you know, it's hard to make time to do those things because I mean, let's be honest, you've got to work a lot more now than you used to have to work. Yeah. You've, I mean, the pressure for, you know, you don't put it on your children, but like Layla soccer, if I want her to play that competitive soccer, which she wants to do, we have to commit the time to do it. Yeah. The time to do it before wasn't as much as it is now. Yeah. You know, and there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. So it's a bigger sacrifice for you to say, okay, we're going to go do this instead. Right. Or we're going to, you know, we're going to go do this instead. Well, it's, it's, I mean, this is, it's along the same lines. My wife and I were coming home from this Cancun trip and, uh, you know, it was a week long trip. And, and it kind of, we planned this thing two and a half years ago before COVID. And we finally got a chance to take it now. Um, we couldn't take it for the last year and a half or for the first two and a half of those or the first year and a half of those two and a half years because of COVID. Um, and so we had, a, we finally had the chance to take it now. And we, we knew going in like, okay, we're going to take this trip this summer. That's going to kind of hamper family vacations, right? Because her and I are going to be gone for a week. Like, oh, that kind of sucks. When we made the decision coming home from Cancun, like, why are we going to let COVID, which pushed back this couple's trip, why are we going to let that hamper our kids' experience? Why should our kids get the short end of the stick? And so we spent a lot of time carving out time in our schedule, and we're going to take the kids on a week vacation before school starts. We have like three weeks until school starts. Maybe three and a half weeks, something like that. Yeah. I don't know what your else is. But we're going to take the kids on on a week vacation. Like, we've scrambled together a week vacation to take our kids on here in this last three weeks because it's that important to us that, like, why should our kids get screwed over because COVID pushed back our couple's trip by two and a half years? That just robbed our kids of a week vacation for, you know, a summer vacation with mom and dad. Yeah. And, and my kids are 10 and 13. They're like at the prime age for all of those family memories to come in and all of those experiences that they're going to learn how to then provide those experiences for their kids. And so we just decided, you know, screw it. We're going to we're going to find a way to make it happen. And so we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, and, and ironically, this show will probably air while we're on that vacation. Yeah. And for, <laughs> so, those, and, and for people that are like, oh, yeah. They took a vacation and they had money and they did this and they did that. No, it's fucking just, sacrifice. Well, I'm just saying just because someone else can take a, a week and go to the Grand Canyon or go to wherever doesn't mean that you can't take one day off on a Monday or a Monday, Tuesday or a Friday, Monday and take your kids camping to the local lake. Right. Right. You know, and rent well, a boat for cheap and spend and, and not spend. You don't have to spend $4,500. Right. It's not, it's not the where, it's the experience yeah. and the time that you're giving them. And it, it, for, for us, like, you know, I have made sacrifices elsewhere in life that allow me to afford vacations. Right. Like, right. I don't have vehicle right. payments. Right. So that allows, right. like, what do you, a, a lot of people that would, you know, I'm, I don't think people would care that I take two vacations in a summer, but if you did care, you're probably the type of person that's spending six to eight to nine hundred dollars a month on a vehicle payment. Yeah, and and you're wondering like, oh well, he's rich enough; he can take two vacations a year. Fuck your vehicle, your annual vehicle payments are more than what I'm spending on vacations. Yeah, so that's who's like, rich? Yeah, that's like people like they're like, dude, what's with your truck? I'm like, what do you mean? It's paid for. <laughs> it's ten year. It's ten years old. Has one hundred sixty thousand miles on it. Yeah, and you know what? I've I haven't even had it a year yet. You yeah. know why? Because I don't give a shit. Right. I'm gonna take. That's prioritizing. Yeah. I'm gonna. I realize that I do not need a new Raptor. 
I do not need a 2022 GMC four-door diesel that costs $75,000. I'd rather take that money and do something different with it. Yeah. You know, a guy I work with all the time, you know, the channel locks I use are channel lock brand junkers. Mm -hmm. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. You know, and I say all the time, I just, you know, we're joking around. I'll say, man, these junky pliers I got, they're just, you know, they're not as nice as those $50 nitpicks. And, yep. and he literally says to me, well, that's just a personal choice that yeah. you've made. You're damn right it is. You're damn right it is. It is. And I took the rest of that money and I did something fun with it. And I've been on both sides of that coin. I ran channel locks forever and I couldn't stand, for plumbers, channel locks suck because oh, they, they, do. they don't line up with the pipe sizing. No. And so. Well, and they get full of grit and they're just, they're yep. just. They're not great. And, and they, so... Will they get the job done? Yeah. Yes. I've, I've do got they the job s- done for years with them. Do they suck? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do they make my hands hurt more? Yes. And so when I flipped uh, over to Nimpex, Nimpex has much finer adjustments. Yep. So I can get my, my fingers at the right grip yep. for for that. Less energy. Yep. Man, I love my Nimpex. Yep. yep. They, but it's a personal but choice. I paid for them. Yep. It's a personal choice that you paid for. It's the same thing with vacations. Yep. With cars. With homes, listen. With alcohol, with cigarettes. It's it's everything. Yeah. It's everything. I mean, a it, lot of the people that would take the stance of being judgmental about somebody or being jealous of somebody else's financial situation. Are sitting around fucking drinking Drinking alcohol beer, and smoking cigarettes, smoking right? Smoking cigarettes every and, day. And, and they I, ain't got the money to do it. And I'm not chastising you for drinking and smoking. Yeah, do what you want. You're, But you're literally every day you're using up your vacation money. So so don't be mad at one or when, rent money or, 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 or whatever bill money. Right. It doesn't. I mean, if you have the money to do it, it's your money. Do what you want with it. Right. But don't don't pretend that that money couldn't be going to something else. Look, I do it. Yeah. I like drinking beer. Right. I, it, right. You know, what? but I got the money to do it. Yeah. OK. It doesn't cut into my home fund or my. You right. know what? So I drive that old junky truck. It's not junky. I drive that old truck with a lot of miles, but you know what I did with the extra money? I bought my beer. There you go. So it didn't cut into my vacation time. It yep. didn't cut into my house payment. Didn't it? I made a sacrifice. Where was the sacrifice? It was on that truck. Bingo. You know? So Just, it's, it's all about prioritizing your money or prioritizing anything and investing your time, money, or resources into where they matter rather than to where they don't. Yeah. We're saving kids, not dogs. Well said, man. <laughs> well said. Well, guys, I think that uh, this one ran just a tad long, but uh, I think that uh, about wraps it up for today. Again, guys, if you if you like what you're hearing on this show, please do us a favor and help share this show with somebody else who might want to be start their own company um, or who might just be wanting to put themselves in a better uh, position in, in their current job. So, um, um, we would really appreciate the share of this show. If you're watching this on YouTube, feel free to give it a thumbs up. And, uh, uh if you're watching it on Spotify or Apple podcasts, please do us a favor and give us a five star review on those platforms. So until then guys, we will see you later. Love y'all. Have a good week. <laughs>